The South African Jewish Board of Deputies is the organization that engages with the South African government on behalf of the Jewish community. Join Sharice Zephyr for the next hour to find out what the SAJBD has been up to. 101.9 High FM. Once a week, an email pops into my inbox from the address explain.co.za. In the email, I'm able to access the wrap of the previous week's news in an easy and accessible way. Highly respected and experienced journalist Varashmi Pillay is the founder of Explain.co.za, a WhatsApp-driven portal aimed at making news more manageable and available. Varashmi joins me now to tell me more. Varashmi, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Cherise. Varashmi, tell me what prompted you to start this well, as you know, Therese, as someone who works in the media, uh, people like us, namely women, are put of a rare breed in terms of the actual readers of the news. And um, for a lot of us who work in media, especially digital media, we, we've seen those stats of who consumes the news. And it wasn't really very balanced in terms of gender. Um, or in terms of age, it tended towards men who were a bit older. So having spent so many of my years as a journalist, I was increasingly frustrated by the fact that many of my friends who were outside of the journalism world felt that the news was intimidating, alienating, or just plain depressing. I then came across some research that the BBC had done that said that this was exactly the problem for everyone across the world who was not an older man. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you use what um, alienating, depressing. I like the word depressing as well. Yes. Um, it can be very intimidating. Uh, Varishna, when you're talking about news, are you talking about digital news? Are you talking about radio, TV? Mm-hmm. Are women turning off to all of them equally? So from what I've heard, um, I was actually invited to the BBC at one point to, they had done a massive research across all their platforms, which of course, you know, span the gambit from digital to radio to TV. And they had found that this had been the case across. But here's the thing, it's not the platform, it's the kind of news, it's hard news, it's current affairs. Whether it's radio or TV or digital, um, it tends to be alienating to, to women and younger audiences. And, you know, I kind of made a joke about older men, but also to older men. It's, it's alienating to a lot of people. And because it's becoming increasingly alarming and depressing because they're trying to get the audience's attention in an age of, you know, over information overload. Yeah, as a journalist once said, if it bleeds, it leads. So exactly. News has to be extremely um, attention grabbing. And in today's world, when there's so much out there and everybody at some level is a journalist because you can pick up things on Twitter and you know what's mm-hmm. happening because somebody's at an event, you know, I was just reading something that happened to the V&A waterfront that resulted mm-hmm. in an apology and all the rest. There's so much out there. We kind of rely on journalists to sort it for us. We do, and and I'm afraid to say that maybe my my colleagues and and, and I uh, got caught up in the kind of digital world, and you know we was we were so invested in delivering things immediately, and as it happened, that we forgot that people have limited um, attention spans and also energy for everything going wrong all at once. Um, it feels like the world is a much worse place because we just know so much more. But in actual fact, the world is getting better and better all the time. As I'm a big fan of a book called Factfulness by Hans Rosling. It's one of the core pillars of what we do at Explain. And in it, you use... In it, he shows how slow changes over time shows that the world is getting better. People, millions of people are being lifted out of poverty. Countries are becoming more democratic. Or maybe not recently, but overall countries were becoming more democratic. But we don't see that because those kind of changes don't make news. They're slow changes over time. Um, 
a big country having a gridlocked parliament, as you, as you guys have seen recently, something that makes news, right? But you don't see the slow changes that are maybe happening in that country that are actually really noteworthy. Yeah. The other thing that I noticed, I mean, there was an excellent article by Tom Eaton, and he was talking about, you know, the the protesters on the beach who were given space, who were actually nattering, uh, you know, a lot of fake news and nonsense, whereas that kind of attracts attention. But serious people who have really important things to say often don't get hurt. They don't get hurt. And, and, and the danger with this is that, we assume that the people who want to read about the protesters on the beach are the audience. When that's not true, I'm sure you and your friends, Cherise, want to know about the, the other things out there that are happening in the country. So that's why I started explaining, because I, I felt that there were, there were loads of audiences who maybe wanted to know about the protesters on the beach, but not disproportionately to everything else that's happening. Maybe they want to know also about our world-class scientists and what they're achieving in terms of the fight against HIV and how that has informed the fight against COVID to put us at the front, you know, of, of, of many of the efforts. So my thing was not sunshine journalism. It was solutions journalism. Um, when things are going wrong, and gosh, can they go wrong in this country and this continent and this world, to put it in perspective and show how it has been fixed in the past or else fixed elsewhere, how another country has found a solution for it, how we can possibly implement that solution, how we've done better. So Let's take an example. All the political reporting lately around Ace Magashule, it can come across as though, and it really does feel like that, like the ANC is just not taking a decision. They keep kicking the can down the road. So we wrote an editorial recently showing how people in the ANC have stepped down when they have um, been asked to do so, when they've been expected to do so, that it isn't a foreign concept, that the president of the ANC himself, Thabo Mbeki, stepped down for far less, you know, and, and, and show that this is not an unbelievable concept that's never going to happen. It's happened and it can happen again. Yeah. Varashi, what I particularly liked about one of your weekly wraps is um, your condensing of this, the COVID vaccine. Mm-hmm. Because there is so much noise out there about what is good and what's right and what's relevant. And, and I really appreciate it in one paragraph. You managed to summarize the good, the possibilities, the difficulties that government face and where we stand with it. And I must tell you, I enjoyed that particularly because, um, th- th- that helped understand what, what really actually at some point became clutter. Absolutely. Um, I think what the audiences have often said they appreciate is as much as we solutions oriented, we often try to give um, multiple points of views and then we give our view. So an example is schools opening. You know, there's a lot of noise around that and obviously a lot of powerful, loud voices on either side of the debate. So we summarized both arguments for and against schools opening and then we gave our view. And a lot of people replied because that's the nice thing. They can reply on WhatsApp and said they really appreciated that. And back to the vaccines. You know, it felt at one point that we were, that as audiences, because I'm also an audience member, I read everything out there so I can summarize it. We were getting every little update, but it made no sense, you know? <laughs> so we sat there with all the vaccine updates and, you know, I literally called the Department of Health saying, please, like, it's so confusing. And then you have journalists at News 24 speaking to sources at the pharmaceutical companies and, and it, it just becomes more and more confusing. So we just wanted the facts. We don't do allegations. We don't do sources. Anything that's made public, we summarize it. We double check it. And that's something that I learned from my career. You know, in the rush to publish, we can make serious mistakes. And uh, so we now have a fact checking process where uh, things go through like two or three checks. And the other thing, Varashmi, that I was curious to know is because you really do highlight the exact issues on that week. How do you choose them? How do you, again, filter from all that noise 
to get your top six three minute run? Yes. Well, I'm so glad you asked that. And I'm glad that it's useful to you, Sharice, because often I just feel like I go home after a Thursday, which is when we deliver and I go, oh, don't leave anything out. Have I serviced my audience? Um, we're very, very privileged to have Feral Hafaji, who I think is just the most iconic editor in the country, if not the continent, on our board, our advisory board. And she actually um, helps us. So every week we put together our wrap. There's like, not just us as a team, we have consultants, senior journalists, and we all look at it and we all think about who our audience member is, this busy mom juggling family and career, or even a busy dad, anyone, you know, who's really just busy and wants to be a good citizen, but also be informed. Um, and we and we look at it and we think about that person and we think about what do they need to know? Do they need to know that there was an altercation with the VNA? Maybe they do because someone's going to talk about it, right, at their work. And they kind of need to like know about it and maybe just be a little bit informed. But we'll just keep that to two or three lines. They don't need to know a huge amount about it. Do they need to know about the latest lockdown rules? Yeah, for sure. And there's been so many changes that we should probably summarize in case they didn't catch Ramaphosa's address last week. Yeah. And then the other thing I liked, and now that I know that your audience are busy women, you, you podcast. So um, it is possible to be making, you know, the school lunches and still get the rep quickly and easily available. Yes, um, we, we do send, uh, you know, I think podcast is, is, it's a beautiful thing in you in radio. So we call it a voice note because we don't do a huge amount of production on it. We want to um, start doing that in time, but people say they like the intimate value of it just being a voice talking to them about the news. We tried to make it very produced with a lot of like cutaway and people said they preferred it when it was just like someone talking to them. It's, it felt a lot more intimate. Yeah. Rashni, it comes, I, I get it via email, but I know it also is on WhatsApp. What are the different formats and how does one subscribe? Uh, thanks for asking, Cherie. So the way you subscribe is you go to explain.co.za, which is our name, forward slash subscribe. And there's two options there, which is email or WhatsApp. You can choose either or both. And you just type it in and and that's it. You get it either as an email or you get it as um, delivered to your WhatsApp. Um, no need to type anything. It just gets sent to your WhatsApp as a, as a weekly wrap. We don't message you more than once a week. We're very strict about that. If we have any other things we need to tell you, we tell you in, you know, at the same time as we deliver the wrap because we don't want to spam people. And it comes as, um, via WhatsApp, it also comes as a PDF, which a lot of people quite like. It's beautifully laid out. It's like a mobile newsletter. And it's just seven or eight pages, but with like nice graphics and images. If you actually want to see a bit more of the pictures of what we're talking about. And then the podcast goes out on both platforms as well. Well, Varashni, thank you so much for joining me and well done on the incredible initiative that you have done. It's, it's proved to be useful. I'm not sure what your, your subscriber list is, but I'm sure it's growing and, um, it, it really is useful. I'm so glad you say that. Thank you so much. And we, we plan to keep it free for forever. So please, uh, do join us. Yeah. And I used to look forward to it on a Sunday, but now I get it on a Thursday. So I'm kind of ready for the week ahead as well. So kind of the weekend. So, yeah. So, yeah. Thank you, Sharice, and thanks for having me on the show. Pleasure. That was Varashni Pillay, who is the founder of Explain.co.za, a weekly news wrap. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008.